Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman. And while there's no official event on the PGA Tour or the European Tour this week, we have a lot to talk about and we have a lot to cover. First, we'll start with recapping last week's RSM Classic. And we'll look back at both the fall swing and the 2019 year uh, in review and see if there are any takeaways for moving forward into the President's Cup or into the 2020 season. Additionally, we'll play a little buy or sell where we'll look at individual golfers and determine if they are able to be bought or sold as if they were stock, where would we land on them? And then depending on time constraints, we'll try to get into some future bets, some group betting, some strategy. This is just going to be a little bit of everything for this week to get you covered and to get you through this uh, this week. So let's jump into it. Last week, the RSM Classic, Tyler Duncan goes out and wins this thing. And quite frankly, he did it under a little bit of uh, a little bit under cloud cover, not in any bad sense of the term, but you had the storyline of Brendan Todd, who was going for his third straight win, something that only the game's greatest golfers have ever done. Then you had Webb Simpson, who uh, was the highest ranked player in this field. He was the betting favorite. He's trying to make a charge come uh, come Sunday and, and finally win the RSM Classic, something that he hasn't done, uh, despite posting a bunch of top fives in his um, in his previous starts. And Tyler Duncan posts the you know the clubhouse lead he goes out there he posts a score on sunday the f- best round or tied for the best round of the tournament on or of the of the day on sunday where the conditions were much more difficult this tournament played a lot easier the first three days and then the wind started to kick up it became a little bit more difficult in sea island um on sunday and duncan played great and he ends up posting a number Webb catches him and they go to a playoff. They end up playing two playoff holes and Tyler Duncan becomes your fourth first time winner on the PGA Tour just during this 11 event stretch here in the fall. Uh, Tyler Duncan is going to go from rank 378th in the world to 170th and I actually think that he benefited a little bit from that anonymity on on Sunday. I mean, he was actually the 36-hole leader. He played Saturday in 18 pars, which I'll tell you what, I was going back in my database. Um, it is very rare that a player who wins a golf tournament shoots even par on any day. It doesn't happen that often. But to shoot even par with 18 pars, I'm pretty sure has never been done before. I'm a few years back. I have not found another example of it. I'm going to continue to keep going, but I'm pretty sure that's never happened. Um, but, you know, with with the storylines around Brendan, Brendan Todd and Webb Simpson, Tyler Duncan's able to go out and shoot just kind of a free and easy round on Sunday, get out early, post a number and let somebody come catch him. This guy made one bogey all tournament long. Um, when you go that long in between bogeys, you are playing some really great golf and Tyler Duncan j- did just that. Webb Simpson, you know, is fourth runner up in 10 starts. He was someone that I said, if you want to bet on, um, bet on, on the, on the betting favorites, there's nothing to knock, to, to knock Webb Simpson. We hadn't seen him since the Shriners top 10 there. 
goes out and finishes second here in a playoff. The guy is probably the most underrated player on the PGA Tour at the moment, now ranked number 11 in the world. I'm really interested to see how um, you know his stock moves going into next season. And then really the big storyline coming out of not only this tournament, the RSM Classic, but the fall schedule altogether is Brendan Todd. So for the first time in a month, Brendan Todd looked human on Sunday. He shoots two over par. Um, he ends up finishing to in, in fourth place, a couple shots off of those guys in the playoff. And, you know, he's come so far, right? I mean, the, the two wins and the fourth place in his last three starts uh, jump him up to, I think he's now one, I don't know what he is, 70th in the world, something like that. But you know, he was 500th just a few weeks ago. And there was a really interesting note that came out of um, one of the commentators uh, while I was watching the telecast on this. And it said, you know, Brendan Todd has this weight on him that he has been playing golf in contention for three straight weeks or four straight weeks, right? And that ends up grinding on guys. You know, when you're, 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 you've got a pressure putt every single uh, hole you're playing in the final group. There's just a lot going on there. So it, it might've just caught up to Brendan Todd. He looked a little out of it. Couldn't get into rhythm. He didn't make his first birdie until something like the 15th hole. I want to say, um, in terms of betting results, uh, I got, uh, so I did not end up betting Todd at 50 to one before the tournament started. I got him at 10 to one. I want to say after 36 holes, something like that. It was definitely live in-game betting. I bet him um, at 10 to 1. And for a while, that was looking pretty good. He, I, But before the tournament, I also did have him top 5 and top 10 bets. There was a chance. He was in 7th for a while where he was actually uh, not only going to blow the win, he was going to blow the top 5 bet as well. Fortunately, he did end up cashing both of those. I want to say his top 5 number was, oh man, 12 to 1? And his top... 10 number was seven to one, something like that. But both of those cash, we did not cash the in-game betting uh, number that we got on him. Uh, but Tyler Duncan, uh, kudos to you, sir. It is, you know, we what we've seen from Tyler Duncan before, and we actually, uh, we've talked about Tyler Duncan on the show, uh, sometimes around like first round leader, because what we've seen from him is he can be really, really good for one round, or he can be really good for two rounds. We've, rarely yet until this week seen him put all four rounds together, which is of course what you're going to have to do on the PGA tour to capture a win. So Tyler Duncan finally does that. Um, after kind of stalling out on Saturday, goes out and shoots a great round on Sunday, does not blink at the pressure playing Webb Simpson in a playoff two sudden death holes. So the fourth first time winner this fall, uh, just unbelievable. The tour is so deep. This is something that we talk about all the time. And it's why that 50, 60, 70 to one betting section of the board is so valuable for us because any week of the year, more so than previous years, any one of these golfers can go out and win. And Tyler Duncan proves that yet again last week. So really excited for what's to come for him and the rest of the tour. I want to look back at some trends and things that we found in betting for the calendar year of 2019 as the PGA Tour and the European Tour have now closed it out. So stick with me because we'll be back right after these words.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And what I'd like to do is kind of look back at both the fall swing and the 2019 calendar year as a little bit of a review. We'll do a a bigger review later, but what I think we can identify are a few trends. I mentioned how many first-time winners and how deep this this PGA Tour is, and it's, it's really shown that this fall where 11 events, Brendan Todd, of course, wins two of them. You know, Lonto Griffin... Uh, has six straight top 20s, including a win. Sebastian Munoz wins at Sanderson's Far- Sanderson Farms, had two other top 10s. Carlos Ortiz, Denny McCarthy, Benny Ahn, those are the other guys who had three top 10s this fall. I mean, these are names that you're going to be hearing a lot more from in the course of the 2019-2020 season. You just are. I mean, so some of these guys have earned enough FedEx Cup points to play themselves into Eastlake. Uh, maybe only Brendan Todd has done that, right? But like you're going to see so many of these guys uh, who have racked up points in these 11 events 
much deeper in the season than we have seen before. So those those other golfers, the bigger names who have waited or will wait until February or March to start their season, they're going to be a bit behind the eight ball trying to get FedEx Cup points and get them into uh, some of these playoff events. So I just want to look back a little bit at the um, the actual winners from some of these events. And we'll just start here in the 20. 19 fall season. So we started at Greenbrier, which was Joaquin Neiman winning at 25 to one. Okay. So 25 to one, he was basically the sixth or seventh betting favorite on this board. Bryson DeChambeau was 12 to one. That's who your favorite was. Then uh, I mentioned it earlier, uh, Sebastian Munoz cashed a 60 to one ticket at Sanderson Farm. So there's that range that we're looking for again. So now we have a 25 to one and a 60 to one. Cameron Champ, 125 to one at the Safeway. Okay, cash is that. Kevin Na, 60 to one at the Shriners. I hope you're seeing the trend here. That's four events where those are some pretty long odds. Nobody shorter than 25, a couple guys in the 60s, Cam Champ in, in 125. We're going to get to some bigger names here in a second, but this is where the value really is. And, and this is something we will focus on week in and week out. These 50s, these 60s, you know, even up, up to 80. I don't think Vegas has appropriately um, caught on to how good the group of golfers outside of just the top tier guys are. Lonto Griffin, Houston Open, 40 to 1. Another guy. Uh, here's where we get the run of favorites here. So CJ Cup, Justin Thomas wins it at 7 to 1. Only he and Brooks Kepka were shorter than 10 to 1. Now, remember, this is, you know, uh, remember that these odds are a little bit different because these are invitationals on the Asian swing. They are no cut events. So we treat those a little bit differently. And the odds are, of course, naturally shorter a little bit because there's only 66 guys in the field or 76 guys in the field. And, you know, the bottom 10 of them are like sponsors exemptions or guys that um, qualified via the Asians tour. They're just not necessarily the top tier PGA tour pros that we see end up winning these events like we did here with Justin Thomas winning the CJ Cup. Followed by um, who else but Tiger Woods at the Zozo. Now, Tiger actually was 40 to 1 to win the Zozo Championship, which was, you know, looking back, it's a little bit crazy because that's some of the shorter odds that we've seen on him in a long time. Because uh, usually because Tiger has such a built-in base that he never gets longer than like 20 to 1 because everyone's going to bet him anyway. But this was the first time that we had seen Tiger. We know he had a procedure on his knee. It just like... We had no idea what to expect and books listed him at 40 to one and Tiger bites back. We are not going to see a number like that on Tiger for a long time. Let me tell you that. So um, keep going here. The, the third of the studs here is another favorite. It was Rory at the WGC six to one. Hideki was the next best odds. Again, this is a situation where um, shorter field or smaller field. Um, the studs usually end up winning these types of events. They did all three times on the Asian swing. Then we went back to, um, actually this was the opposite field event in Bermuda that week where Brendan Todd was 80 to one. This is the first of his three, uh, tournament stretch where he almost won all three of them. Uh, but again, 80 to one, that 50 to 100 range continues to pay dividends here to put this into perspective, Denny McCarthy was the betting favorite. He had a great season as well, was 14 to 1 here. Lonto Griffin, Alex Norin, those guys were both 16 to 1. 
And then finally, um, this past week, RSM Classic, Tyler Duncan, 150-1. to So if you look at this from a strictly PGA Tour, like, official standard event, so the eight standard events, they were all or almost all like 50 to 100 to 1. Um, the shortest winner was Joaquin Neiman. The longest shot was Cam Champ. Neiman was 25 to one. Cam Champ was 125 to one. But that range, if you would have been firing bullets in that 50 to 100 range, you probably would have hit some of these and you would have been in for some decent paydays. We're going to continue to try that in the 2020 calendar year because it bears out. We talked about this like six months ago. We talked about this when I, I remember I listed them all out. Here's how many winners come from under 20 to one. Here's how many come from 20 to 50. Here's how many come from. And it was that section had the largest concentration, especially compared to what their true winning odds should be. So um, I'll continue to fire there and we'll continue to talk about that on a regular basis. Going back a little bit further here, I do want to do, let me see if I can just go back a hair here. And we'll just go back to the end of last season. And what we will do is this. We will start with, uh, here we go. Okay, so uh, Tour Championship, Tiger Woods, right? We know him. Let's see here. October, September. Here we go. BMW Championship, KLM, LLM Open. Porsche to Scotty Scheffler, Corn Ferry. Okay. So, um, tour, tour championship, Rory McIlroy wins this at eight to one. Remember that he was, he won both strokes and without strokes. Remember the staggered start. He started this five shots back. That's why he was eight to one. What I think we're going to find, and I'll be really interested this year is how the odds are going to look for this tournament. I think it's a little bit exploitable because players are starting with with scores like basically after the first round so you know justin thomas was 10 under rory was five under right and the guys down at the bottom were even par um this is going to be a really exploitable way to bet i'm i'm just it's just unfortunate that it only happens one time one time a year because i think books are going to take a while and the public is going to take a while to figure out how to actually bet a contest like this, but, um, you know, Rory, Rory roars through this field and wins it at eight to one, which was really impressive. Um, excuse me. And then, you know, it's, it's also one of these situations where anytime there's a new event, right? Anytime there is, um, something that, you know, the public hasn't seen before, or the books haven't seen before The the match play was like this for a while where, um, no one really knew how to handicap the match play after they switched to the format of playing out of pods. So that's going to be very exploitable moving forward. Uh, but this really was the year of, you know, Rory versus Brooks. That question that we covered at the end of the year, who should be the player of the year? That was a great question. I mean, Rory uh, did not have the major success that Brooks did, but he dominated Every single other event that he played, he just piled up top tens. He had three wins, including the players, which is obviously going to give you a big weight, including the tour championship, starting five shots back. That should even give you more of a weight. So it was 
really, really a beautiful thing to see. And then the other major storyline that came out of the 2019 calendar year is, of course, Tiger's back. Um, it wasn't in 2019, but the Tour Championship at the end of 2018, then the Masters win in 2019 in April, then the Zozo Championship to start this year just a few weeks ago, and now it's like full-fledged Tiger hysteria once again, and he's going to get one more chance. He's going to get one more chance to win. He's got the Hero World Challenge, which is next week, which is his, you know, 18-man field in the Bahamas. So we'll have one more chance to be a winner in 2019. All right, we are going to buy and sell on the other side. We'll go through each player and buy stock or sell stock right after these words. Make it rain. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and it is time to buy or sell. So it's exactly what it sounds like. If we had stocks of these golfers, would we buy them now or would we sell them? And for the purposes of this, we'll kind of just say, you know, for the next 365 days, are we buying or are we selling? Obviously, some guys are going to be different, but I think this should be a really interesting way to look at um, future bets so if there's someone that you that you know you're interested in buying in could you bet them in futures for the masters or the us open or something like that um, if you're selling them could they be good targets against betting head-to-heads against or just staying away from and not wasting your dollars on so Let's just open up the world golf rankings and start at the top. I mean, Brooks Kepka, the world number one. I guess it's hard to buy the number one player in the world because where does he go from here? Where do you go up if you're the number one player in the world? Um, unfortunately for Brooks, and it's why I'm selling on Brooks, is a lot of things have changed for him. Uh, first of all, it's difficult and it's going to be difficult to win a major a year or two majors a year. Like the guy has been on a really historic run. So anytime a historic run has happened, hard to buy on that. But, um, you know, the knee thing is a little bit of a concern, right? You know, he's, he's now dealing with, with more bodily injuries, uh, in a swing that looks like it should be built to last. He doesn't have a lot of twerking or anything like that or twerking excuse me um it's it's tough to find where it's going to go wrong but he's been injured quite a bit and i mentioned how deep the tour is but now like even there's more studs right like jt's coming back from a wrist injury last year rory has cemented himself in my opinion as the best player on the face of the earth tiger's back i mean dj had a knee surgery he's coming back from there's just going to be a lot more um, competition for him. It's going to be difficult for him to continue to hold on to this crown as the number one player in the world as like 10 guys try to chase him down. So if I'm looking at Brooks Kepka stock, for me, it's a sell. 
the number two player in the world, that's a buy. Rory McIlroy, I don't need to continue to heap praise on him, but I will. Uh, in terms of statistics, strokes gained, he had like the best non-Tiger year ever. The guy gained like two and a half strokes per round last year, uh, never slowed down. Even just recently this week at the the finale to the road, um, the race to Dubai, he played okay, ends up finishing fourth and clearly didn't have his best stuff. I mean, the guy is just an absolute stud worldwide. He can win anywhere. Um, I'm absolutely buying Rory moving forward. I think it's a good chance for him to potentially capture the career Grand Slam in which he is just the masters away from. And, you know, he's he's got a lot of things on the on the resume. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, him at the Olympics. There's a lot of good things that can come from Rory in 2020. And I won't go through every single one of these guys, but I'll just pick a few. Um, John Rahm, the number three ranked player in the world. I don't think people realize how good he's been. Um, he he just won the race to Dubai in Europe by winning the DP World Tour Championship, which is now his second win in his last two starts. He won the Open de España previous to that. But if you go back to the US Open, tied for third, then he had a second, first, 11th, 7th, 3rd, 5th, 13th, 2nd, missed cut. That was weird. Then win-win. I mean, the guy has basically finished first, second, or third in like 70% of his events in the last six months. It's it's really unimaginable. And he is now the world's number three player in the world, which is completely deserved. And he's ent- he, what I like about Rom as a buy is he still has a place to go up. He can win majors. He can contend in majors, you know? Um, There is still a place for him to go, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. He can be the number one player in the world. I really like John Rahm. Justin Thomas, currently number five player in the world, uh, buying on JT as well. One of these situations where that wrist injury at the Honda kind of derailed his, his 2019 year. He was never really the same after that. He did Towards the end of the year, get it going. He just won again at the CJ Cup, but he had a lot of missed opportunity. And what I love about JT is, I don't know, he's just like so consistently good. Um, He's won the PGA Tour's money list two out of the last three years. The only year he did not win it was uh, the year that he got hurt last year. So it's, it's, and, and actually before he won that CJ cup a handful of months ago, I said, if I was willing to tie up my money for 11 months, I would bet JT to win the money title again this year. Cause he was like 13 to one to do so. Uh, it, it's really unimaginable that he was 13 to one. He's already got a win. I don't know what his current odds are, but I assume they are much lower than that now. All right. Um, there are a couple of names here that I think are more interesting. And let's look at uh, Brendan Todd, right? So this is a guy who we just saw win twice and finish fourth. And it's hard to buy someone. That's like buying high, right? Someone who just won two events and finished fourth. But this is a different Brendan Todd than we've ever seen before. Of course, I don't think he's going to win two thirds of every event that he plays, but He's gone through a transformation. He's got a new swing. He's got a new mental game. He's completely different. And he's now freed up to play a lot more golf. He's got his tour card locked up. He's got money in the bank. He's got uh, almost a trip to East Lake already at the tour championship. I mean, if he, if he didn't play another event, he would, uh, by looking at the FedEx Cup points last year, would almost certainly be in 
the BMW Championship the week before, would be very close to already clinching the top 30 spot in um, in in Atlanta come September of next year. So you're going to see a lot of Brendan Todd. He's going to be able to pick and choose his schedule for this season. So I'm buying on Brendan Todd. Not something I can say about our next golfer, Jason Day. I'm in full sell mode on Jason Day. You know, he played three events in this 2019 season, swing season, excuse me, or fall season. It was a 22nd at Zozo, a 31st at the CJ Cup, and a missed cut at Mayakoba. Completely uninspiring. We're going to have to see what he does at the President's Cup as he was a captain's pick for the international team, and I'm not that optimistic. He has he's, he's, he's rode a very good putter for the last handful of years, and that putter has kind of fallen off the face of the earth. He's currently ranked number 31 in the world, which is going to be his worst year-end ranking since 2012. So to end the previous handful of years, I'll read you off where he stood in the world rankings. In 2018, he ended in 14th. 2017, he was 13th. In 2016, he ended as the number one player in the world. In 2015, the number two player in the world. In 2014, he was the number eight player in the world. And 2013, he was the number 11 player in the world. So it was a six-year stretch where he was an absolute elite golfer, almost top 10 in the world or top 15 in the world at all times. That's not the Jason Day we know anymore. He's 31st in the world and falling. He's he's just, uh, you know, had the magic beans around that putter for quite some time and it is going to be hard to replicate that for an entire another year i'm really concerned about him i would be selling my jason day stock and in a similar fashion i would i will be selling my jordan spieth stock um we talk about jordan spieth a lot as a fade and if you ask me you know are you buying or selling for the next 365 days jordan spieth has to be a sell for a lot of the same reasons that we discussed jason day There's one aspect to his game that's been good. It's the putter. And we know that that is the one thing that can leave you very quickly. So unless Jordan Spieth fixes his tee to green game, you know, he's going to need that magic putter. And if that magic putter for, oh, God forbid, he loses the touch on the greens for, uh, you know, six months or so, the guy's in trouble. He's now ranked like 47th in the world, which is going to be an issue for him because just on a just on a pure official world golf ranking standpoint, when you start dropping out of the top 50, you're not getting invites to the WGC events. Um, you know, the match play he might drop out of if he drops out of the top 64. So the fact that he hasn't won in two years. A lot of these wins, you know, have already come off of his official world golf ranking because they use a rolling system. And, you know, you're not going to have the Hero World Challenge, for example, next week where that's easy world world ranking points, right? You get it just for showing up. Same thing with the World Golf Championships. As long as you tee off, you know, you're getting those points or I guess you have to finish. But uh, they're easy points. They're easy boosts. And you don't get those when you start dropping to the point where Jordan Spieth is. So it is very likely that if he drops out of the top 50 and drops out of the top 60, it's going to plummet like a rock because he's not going to get those free points and he's going to have to rely on his results, which have not been good. So it's incredibly difficult to buy on Jordan Spieth right now. Um, I'd be selling in a big way if he was even worth anything. 
couple guys I'm excited about. Um, one in particular is Scotty Scheffler, who I, I, you know, I don't have enough. I, my vocabulary is not large enough to describe how much I would be buying on Scotty Scheffler right now, who is already the number 67 player in the world. And he's only played seven PGA tour events. Think about that. That's from the corn Ferry tour, right? Where he won a couple of times. He's already 67th in the world. In the same way that Spieth is going to start dropping like a rock when he gets out of that top 50, when Scotty gets into that top 50, he's going to continue to rise because he's going to get those invites to the WGCs and he's going to get the invites to um, you know, the match play and he's going to win. And once he starts winning, he's going to continue to climb. So only seven PGA events this in his career, which were all happened in the fall, seven on seven in cuts, three top tens puts himself into position time and time again. I think 2019, 2020 is going to be the year of Scotty Scheffler and I'm here for it. All right. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about futures, maybe a little bit of President's Cup and some betting strategies to get us ready for the new calendar year. Stay with me. You're not going to want to miss this and I'll see you in just a second. season is now upon us and you can become the eighth person to win one million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and we've got a little strategy to talk through. I feel like it's always good to kind of refresh uh, some of these strategies and some of these explanations every couple of months, and we're about due for some of the discussions, especially as we round out one year and head into another. But before we do, let me tickle your fancy with a, a few previews of the Masters. So if you're looking to get a future bet in on the Masters, there's a couple of names that have piqued my interest. So with John Rahm's recent run, he has dropped to 14 to 1. Brooks Kepka is still going to be your betting favorite. He is 9 to 1. Rory is right behind him at 10 to 1. Um, then you have Tiger at 12 to 1. So that rounds out the top four favorites. I'm looking for two different guys. One just a little bit longer than that. Justin Thomas, 18 to 1. I've already described my absolute buy on JT moving forward. And then the other is going to be Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar is 60 to 1. We've seen him win twice, at least basically in the last calendar year. So he won Mayakoba and he won the Sony Open. So we know he can win. And the thing about Augusta National is it's an experienced golf course. Um you know, we haven't seen a first timer there win maybe ever. I know it's probably been at least 50 years, but there's there's always this talk around the greens and how you have to play this course multiple times before you can actually figure it out. And 
You know, that's why guys like Davis Love the third, Freddie Couples, like when they show up at Augusta, they're not out of it because they know the course so well because they've played it so much that they can compete with a lot of these younger guys who are, you know, pound for pound and skill for skill much better, but not at Augusta. Levels the playing field a little bit. Um, Kuchar's played Augusta a ton. He has seven top 25s in his last eight starts and four of them being top 10. So you're giving me a guy at 60 to one, who, which is that, that sweet spot of pricing who has had great success at Augusta, has won recently on tour. We've seen him play well in other majors too. He had that second place finish to Jordan Spieth the last time Jordan Spieth won. That uh, I guess would have been the 20... 17 Open Championship, right? Two years ago, Open Championship. Uh, Kuchar finished second there. So, I mean, we've seen him play in big-time events. This one feels like it's kind of brewing in that direction for him. I think that 60-1 to is a really good number to take. All right. Speaking of good numbers to take, speaking of value, this is probably the time we need to kind of go back through the different types of bets that you can even make. Uh, Recently, a handful of weeks ago, we refreshed on my betting strategy. So if you want to go back and watch that video from a couple of weeks ago, um, that's, that's well worth it. That's available on, on, uh, the sports grid YouTube network, but this is a, um, uh, different types of bets that you can make. So we talk a lot about outright betting, which is just betting whoever is going to win the golf tournament. And those, those are the odds that we're talking about 10 to one, 50 to one, 100 to one. That's to win the golf tournament. Those are the sexy bets, right? Those are the ones that everyone wants to get the glory for because you picked the right winner. The odds are usually the longest. But of course, they're the hardest to win because you know how many guys can win a golf tournament? Yeah, one. One guy can win a golf tournament. So you can have the you can bet five guys that finish second, third, third, fifth, and seventh, and you get nothing out of it uh, because you did not have the winner despite going out and then you know your your golfers beating 95% of the field. So that's where top fives, top tens, and top twenties come into play. Uh, these have become some of my favorite bets to make. Not my favorite, but some of my favorite bets to make for a few reasons. More people, more golfers can win them, right? So you can have, you know, three guys can finish in the top five. Seven guys can finish in the top five, right? Because most books will pay out on ties, right? If you tie for fifth, that counts as a fifth place finish. The odds on these are actually still pretty good. Um, and, and you can also, okay, a couple of things. So the odds are pretty good. So you can get, you know, a, a golfer who's 50 to one to win the golf tournament might be five to one to finish in the top 10, something like that, or the top five. Um, that's still pretty good odds, right? That's still a pretty decent return on your money. Additionally, what it kind of allows you to do is it allow, and this is what I really enjoy. This is what I think I'm good at. I like looking at the range of outcomes for golfers. And quite frankly, I don't think people realize how volatile golf is. So Rory can win two tournaments in a row and then finish 70th. Now, Rory doesn't usually do that. He's a very, this is a perfect example. Rory had a very consistent year last year. A lot of top tens. Brooks had a lot of, had three wins, but he also had like, two missed cuts, a 50th place finish, like Brooks's range of outcomes was much larger. So what I like to do is I like to look at golfers and what their actual range of outcomes are and then find bets that could be associated with those golfers. So for example, someone like Alonto Griffin, 
piled up six straight top 20s. Um, so to bet him to finish in the top 20 was a pretty good bet. Um, <clears throat> now, he did end up winning a golf tournament, but quite frankly, there's a lot of golfers in the world that can routinely finish in the top 20, but just not win. Like Matt Kuchar is the perfect example. Matt Kuchar backdoors his way into top 10 wins constantly. He doesn't necessarily compete in every single event, but he backdoors his way into it. So I really like the idea of assigning these golfers different ranges of outcomes and then finding the ones that match up with the bets that you are looking to make. So top five, top 10, top 20, for example. Next up are the head-to-head matchups. So a couple of different ways that you can do this. Um, usually there are one round called uh, three balls, which there will be three guys in a group who are actually playing together on the course. So they, they go off at you know 8.52 a.m. That's your group off the first tee. You can bet who is going to win out of that group for either the day or or the tournament. Now, what you'll find is I tend to lean towards the longest shot odds in these situations. Quite frankly, anybody can beat anybody in an 18-hole round of golf, and we've seen that time and time again. So when you get a golfer who's like plus 250, plus 300 to beat two other guys, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so those are, that's one type of bet. Then you can also do um, just tournament matchups. So this is just one golfer versus another golfer for all 72 holes. Now, this is a little bit more consistent because, you know, when golfers play four rounds, it's still a small sample size, but the cream generally is going to rise to the top. You know, Rory might lose to the 100th ranked player, uh, you know, on a random day. We actually saw that. Rory lost to... Oh, well, who was it? Uh, he lost to somebody who was like ranked something deep in the match play. Uh, man, I wish I could remember his name. But anyway, some some guy from, you know, way ranked way down in the in the world rankings beats Rory in match play at the at the WGC. That can happen on any given day. If those guys play each other 100 times, Rory's probably going to win 70 or 80 of them. So the more rounds that you play, the cream usually rises to the top. So, you know, Rory's going to lose to that guy for one round quite a bit, but over four rounds, he's going to win the vast majority of them. Um, So that's where you can start to, this is the best place where I like to fade guys. So like if there's a week where, Hey, I don't, this is not a good setup for Jordan Spieth or just a couple of weeks ago, Mayakoba, I was like, yo, this is not a good setup for Kevin Kisner by any stretch of the imagination. I'm going to fade Kiz. What I did is I looked for matchups and took the golfers that were playing against Kevin Kisner. Um, and there was quite a few because Kisner was one of the better, one of the shorter odds to win the golf tournament. I think he was 28 to one. So you could get a variety of other guys in that same general betting range and bet against Kevin Kisner. So a really good place to fade some of the golfers that you don't like. I love this in a big way. Next the one thing that I've really been getting into, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, is live betting. Uh, especially for us in the U.S., as this market becomes more mature, your options for bets are going to increase. Specifically, the options for live betting are going to increase in a big way. You know, these they they want to keep you 
focused and paying attention. So live betting is a way to, to, to really take advantage of that. But as you can imagine, if you're a bookmaker, if you, if you're, or if you're a line maker, trying to make odds on the fly can be difficult, especially in a game, the game of golf, which is so random a lot of times. They're just try, they're just doing a lot of guessing, quite frankly, right? A guy makes a birdie, they shorten his odds a little bit. He makes a bogey, they make him a little bit longer. And there are places where you can jump on this. Um, I got Brendan Todd at 10 to 1 as I realized he was flying up the leaderboard. And I got it in on him before he eventually ended up being your 54-hole leader, right? Like, like I got him at 10 to 1 in the middle of the second or third round, by the time the third round ended, he was minus 150 to win the golf tournament. So anytime you're, he, you know, he didn't win, but anytime your bets are getting, your odds are getting worse after you've bet it, or I guess better, worse for everybody else, better for you, um, you know you've done something right even if it didn't cash or not. There's a couple of other really uh, exploitable parts of live betting. Uh, um, one of them was, again, this week, the RSM, where they used two courses. There was one, both courses were pretty easy, but one was significantly easier, the plantation course. So what I saw was um, Mackenzie Hughes, great example of this. Mackenzie Hughes was four under par on the seaside course. He had like the best round out of everybody on the seaside, but he was like a tie for seventh. I knew that he had the plantation course coming up, the easier course coming up. I knew that he was a past champion and I saw that he was a hundred to one to win the golf tournament still. I bet that. Now, again, he didn't win. He was still a hundred to one, but he was four shots off the lead going to play the easier course. And he's had great success at this tournament before. To me, that was a no brainer. He was the only guy I bet after the first round. So those are the types of situations. The, the other one is when the guys that you like are go are going to play Friday afternoon. So go out late in the second round. Inevitably, after the morning wave goes out and someone posts low numbers and gets out to the lead, the odds for your afternoon guys get longer. Happens every single week. Now, yes, they are more shots behind, but they have not played their second round yet. So um I think it was the CJ Cup. I bet Justin Thomas at 10 to 1 after the first round, because he went out, I guess it wouldn't have been the CJ Cup. It was something like that, but JT was 10 to 1. He hadn't started his second round yet. There was no knock against him. He played well in the first round. It's just odds got longer because other guys were playing and doing well. So I went out and, and bet JT he ends up going out and winning the golf tournament. So there are some really exploitable live betting opportunities that are already available and will become more available. You know, uh, you'll probably see it in the President's Cup. You know, will Tiger Woods, you know, what will Tiger Woods make on this hole? Birdie, par, bogey? Um, those are a little bit more random and super volatile, but knowing how a hole is playing, hey, this hole's playing over par or it's playing under par, or hey, Tiger's missed five shots in a row right off the tee. And if he hits it right here, he's in big trouble. Like knowing the course and knowing what's coming, when you're live betting, you really have to be available and you have to be ready. You have to be ready to pull the trigger on these bets and have as much information as possible. All right, that's it for live betting. I want to talk about groups, but we're going to take a quick break and I will get to that uh, after a word here from our friends. 
season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS Lineup Optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And as we put a bow on this episode, there's one final form of betting that I think has become very, very exploitable and something that we've just scratched the surface on on this show. And I've been really into group betting. So usually each week, there's four or five groups that are available to you based on each golfer's odds to win the golf tournament. So you'll see like the top five shortest favorites put into one group and you get to pick which one of those golfers is going to finish the best and shoot the lowest score. There's a lot to like about this. Uh, usually, uh, first of all, you can get some pretty good odds. The odds usually range from like plus 200 to plus 500. Uh, sometimes they're shorter than that, rarely. Sometimes they're longer than that, very rarely. But the bottom end guys are usually plus 350, plus 380, something like that. And there's a few things to like about it. One, uh, you can usually rule out a couple of golfers right away. You know, guys that aren't playing well, they're fades, they're whatever. Uh, you know, the Jordan Spieths of the world, Jason Day, usually it's easy to rule them out. And then you can look at it and say, okay, now I've got two or three golfers left. Um, which one of these is, is most likely to win the group? And you're not going to win a whole bunch of these because you're winning, you know, you're betting one out of five, but you should win them at enough of a rate because the odds are pretty good. So you can pick between, you know, two or three golfers and get plus 380 on them, plus 400 on them. Now you're talking. And this is a situation where, you know, if you can win 40% of these, you're in a really good spot. And I've been doing it about that clip over the course of the year. So usually there's a, a handful of groups, you know, the favorites, the next tier of guys, the 40s, the 50s. Uh, they don't do really any of the long shots, but hoping that, that the selections really begin to expand on, um, on some of these types of bets. Because I think group betting is... But you know, besides besides live, um, is really where the market should probably be headed. All right, we covered a lot today. There's not a PGA Tour event, there is not a European Tour event, but we talked all about the RSM. We talked about uh, whose stock we are buying and selling. Heck, we even covered a few bets for the masters and we are five months away from that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing down this road with you in terms of golf betting over the course of uh, the end of 2019 and heading into the 2020 calendar year. I'm Rick Gaiman. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Rick run good. And I'll see you next time.